Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. What's happening, everybody? Happy National Blueberry Cheesecake Day. One of my favorites. Ooh, yes, nothing wrong with that. Happy, uh, actually, it's not happy. It's very fucking sad for you Montreal Canadiens fans. I don't know what you're going to do, but, I mean, you're just getting your asses kicked up and down the ice. Hang on, though. Hang on. Hold on. I, you know me. I get so nervous when you talk. Don't even talk like that. I'm a Leafs oh. fan. Don't even talk about it. We've fucked ourselves over in the past. And I say we, but I mean the team. And fans, we get excited. I get it. D- don't jinx it, please. Listen, I totally understand where you're coming from, and we've been disappointed before, but you know that if the Leafs were down three games to one against Montreal and the Leafs had just gotten shut out for nothing the night before, Habs fans would be the biggest dicks in the world today. They mm-hmm. would be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it, it's okay <laughs> for us. You're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. But they would be. I mean, it's true. I know. So we today can enjoy the fact that we've got a cushion up three games to one. Toronto's got a choice. They can clinch it tomorrow night or they can wait until Saturday and clinch it at the Bell Center in front of actual fans. That's incredible. And, you know, I can't decide. Do I want to see Toronto win it in Toronto as quickly as they can? Or would I like to see it happen in front of actual fans in an arena in kind of Canada? No, who cares? You want to look at people in an arena. I'm sorry, but look south of the border. you got to look at the states. Wah, wah. It fucking sucks to be us. But I, do, I need the Leafs to just win this and get this one over with. We need that confidence high. We can't have anything lingering because they need it for their psyches. If we lose one and then, okay, even if they come back and win in Montreal, I don't care. I'd rather have them win. Let's get this shit over with. Let's move along, please. You're going to be able to see. Don't forget, you are going to be able to see fans in the crowd eventually if the Leafs move on anyway. Yeah, in the American arenas. Exactly. Yeah, but what does it what does it fucking matter? We can't go there and watch it. I mean, we could in theory go to Montreal if we could get one of those 2500 tickets on Saturday night. That'd be great. But listen, I mean, it just paints a bleak picture of Ontario versus the rest of the country. I mean, Quebec is allowing fans into the Bell Center for a Montreal Canadiens game on Saturday if game 6 is necessary. BC opened up indoor dining yesterday in Alberta, the worst place in North America. A week and a half ago, kids are back in school. We're a fucking bomb here in Ontario. It's a mess here. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. I mean, we had, what, a thousand cases yesterday? Uh, All right. I mean, fine. You can blame the testing if you want, but uh, we're doing pretty well here. We're just stuck in neutral where everybody else is passing us. It feels archaic. Oh, by the way, uh, cruise ship Mike texted me this morning. He is back at work in the Caribbean. In July, they're going to allow cruises to go out of America. Do you want to be on a fucking cruise? Like, look, and I know your I buddy. Know. I know your. <laughs> I know your buddy works on him. I know your buddy works on them. So maybe you're going to say something different. But would you? Like, if I said, oh, if they allowed it, let's say this was us in July the second. Uh, we are allowed to be on a cruise ship. You're allowed, you you can do all those things. Would you do it? I don't know. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm not sure. I mean, the thought of a cruise sounds great. They have a little bit of freedom. That'd be good. You can do your thing, have some drinks, nice weather. Awesome. But we all remember back at the start of the pandemic, those two cruise ships over in where they were in Japan, I believe, right? 
where people were getting sick yeah. like every five minutes. Yeah. And this, that's a little freaky, but they've got a lot yeah. of protocols in place. The CDC themselves has laid out the protocols for ships to sail. Everybody on board is going to be vaccinated. So, I mean, as far as risk is concerned, it's probably not that risky. So I probably would. Yeah. If it was free and in Royal Caribbean, if you're listening, send me a cruise. I'll come. <laughs> I'll go. Wait a minute. So yes, if it's free, maybe not if it's not. Is what maybe your not if is. I have to pay for it. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, fair enough. Uh, lots to do here in this edition of After Nine. First off, a couple of leftovers that we couldn't fit into yesterday's. If you were dropped in the wilderness, middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. nothing with you. Do you think you could survive and for how long? Okay, so I think uh, not for very long. I I I don't watch a lot of those shows. I feel like I should. I feel like just in case shit goes down in my life, I should be watching more of a, like Bear Grylls show, stuff yeah. like that, because I think you do learn, right? You kind of learn which berries are poisonous are going to fucking eat you and animals and what to do with this animal because you're supposed to run and scream from one, but you're supposed to hide and stay still with others. Like, I think there I'd be fucked. It depends. If it's the jungle, I'm fucked. If it's just, let's say, a random Ontario, I get lost in the Muskokas. Like know. the Pinery or something. <laughs> if I get lost in the Muskoka somewhere, I think, Scott, I could survive for a while. Yes. I mean, I could survive for a bit. I'd, I'd, figure, I'd figure it out. But, I, I, yeah, it depends on when people will come in and find me. The average person thinks that if you drop them in the middle of nowhere, they could survive in the wilderness for 16 days. Again, that's survive. Not necessarily survive comfortably. So long as you could find water and not freeze to death, you would probably make it. Even though that many people think they could survive for 16 days, the same survey found only one in five could start a fire. (laughs) With a flint, by the way. You don't have a lighter with you. You All you've got is a flint. I watch Survivor. I, I think I could do that. Yeah, you just hit it with the machete a bunch of times and then a spark. And it's funny because Survivor, they don't have a whole hell of a lot of time to show you these people swing and miss constantly. It takes a long fucking time for them to get that fire going. You only see it for about 10 seconds on TV and, oh, boom, we got a fire going. In reality, that probably took them like over an hour to get that fire going. I just... uh, I don't know if I could do that. Like, if you drop me in the middle of nowhere... Just said, figure it out. I could probably find something to eat. I could probably find something to drink. Whether or not I'm taking in good stuff, I don't know. But I could probably make it for a while. I don't think my first goal, though, would be to start a fire. I think my first goal would be getting people's attention. I.e., if I had to start a fire, it wouldn't be for warmth. It'd be to get somebody's attention. I'm I'm setting like a, a, I don't know, a a tree on fire or something like that. I think that's how you get out of that situation, Hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. It sounds good to me, but I wouldn't know shit about shit, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think, again, I feel like our confidence is high when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, but should it be? I don't know. 63% of us have a newfound appreciation for nature and being outdoors since the start of the pandemic and the ensuing lockdowns. Yeah, there's nowhere else we can, there's nothing else we can fucking do. Oh, Fuck. Do you know how many you know, trails I've been to? I mean, I mentioned it in the podcast yesterday. I got so sick of... I mean, I love them all. They're great, and they're wonderful, and that's awesome. But sometimes you just need a change of scenery. Yes, you do. 
I don't know if that's the change of scenery you necessarily want, being out in the middle of nowhere with nothing, but uh, yeah, it would certainly be different from lockdown anyway. Uh, passenger arriving at JFK Airport was caught because his carry-on bag felt unusually heavy. This is according to Border Services. Would you like to know what was in his carry-on bag that made it fi- feel that heavy? Uh, yes, of course. Well, first off, in his, again, carry-on, he had an unchecked handgun and a big bag of cocaine. Oof. What kind of an asshole forgets to check their cocaine? What kind of a fucking idiot are you that you've got a bag full of cocaine that you're just inviting the authorities to find by putting it in your carry-on? This is the same type of person that from the story before this would have said, I could survive all the time, anytime, anywhere. Put me anywhere. (laughs) That's that kind of person right there. It's true. All you need is a handgun and some cocaine. You can survive just about anywhere. Be on any fucking island, any mountain. I'm in. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. The, uh, then, oh, you got caught. Like, is it is it a surprise? Well, first off, how did they get through security with an unchecked handgun and a bag of cocaine? Because most of the time, the TSA, I have to assume, is going to find that sort of shit. You're running a real risk by having that in your carry-on because that gets x-rayed. Your regular luggage goes through a lot less scrutiny. If you have to travel... Look at me, trying to tell people how to get away with international crimes. If you have to try and get away with smuggling something, put it in your checked bag, not your carry-on. Fuck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Seriously, what is wrong with people? This is why I want to start a show. And I feel like there's a lot of different shows that you and I could host. You know, one of them should be interviewing these fucking morons after the fact. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to see. You know, forget a lot of these celebrity interviews. I want to talk to that guy who thought he'd get away with it. My number mm-hmm. one question, what the fuck are you thinking? You yep. know, I just, Mike, Mike, to your face, uh, just like a post-game interview. Hey, you're, you're about to get go into prison for a very long time. What the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. yeah. So you thought you could take your bag of Coke and a handgun through regular airport security and get away with it. What's scary is he almost did. He only got caught because somebody noticed that bag feels really heavy. And I mean, I think we all know people do get away with it. I mean, yes, there's a reason why there are certain drugs or everything from vegetables to drugs to animals that manage to get through every year. We know that as a fact. So, you know, people have gotten away with it. Uh, But sometimes it just I I just want to know, were you surprised that it happened? Are you regretful of your choice or do you give a fuck? That is a great idea yeah. for a show. Doesn't yeah. Chorus own like a shit ton of TV stations? Why don't we have yeah. a show yet? W- what is going on? These are the important kind of questions people <laughs> want They want answers to them. <laughs> As we all get older, and it happens every single day, we get a little bit older. The reasons that we do and don't go to the doctor start to change. Mm. We've studied a lot about our healthcare system over the past year, and one of the things that they've learned is people are a lot less likely to go see a doctor if the reason for that visit makes us feel old. Things like when it's time to start your routine prostate screening. (laughs) 
When it's time to start getting things like a cholesterol check, two thirds of people will put off a doctor's visit if it's for something taboo or embarrassing or something that makes them feel old. They also say 70% have canceled, postponed, or avoided a doctor's appointment in the last year. They say it wasn't always our fault, though. Almost half of people said the pandemic forced them to do it. So, you know, we have in this radio studio, we are in a big building, a bunch of different offices. One of them is... A colonoscopy clinic. Yep. And yes, you can definitely get a colonoscopy and should for various reasons in all age categories. They'll suggest it to you. But you all know when I think most people know it's what is it when you hit 50? Uh, good question. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's when you hit 50. They say you got to do it like your doctor will pretty much tell you it's mandatory, even though it's not necessarily. But they strongly suggest to avoid anything you should and absolutely for your health. And I wonder how many people avoid that 50 year old appointment at the doctor, for example. And I know there's another test run of tests that you have to do at 60, for example, then at 70. There's certain ones that I'm sure people avoid. Even going into their 40s, I'd say. They probably avoid Easy. all those things that you talked about, right? Easy. Like, have you... <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't 40... Don't you put me in the wrong demo. 43-year-old. Do you, you're 43, right? 43, so, yes. So, was there something when you hit 40, for, as an example, that, that your doctor suggested? Did you have to get the physical, like a full-on ball-grabbing, coffin, uh, anything like that, any bend-over action, anything like that? Did that occur on your doctor visit, or did you do it? First off, I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I don't know if they grab your balls and tell you to turn your head and cough anymore because I've never had that done. I think they'll do a a similar procedure if you have reason to suspect you have a a hernia. But I don't think they do that just as routine unless you've got a super fucking cool doctor. But for me, I mean, I go to the doctor once a year and it's usually, I don't know, a sinus infection or whatever. Like it seems like once a year. I get a little sick, I get a prescription, and I'm gone. And every year we have that conversation like, it's almost time to do a full physical. And I say, okay, it's almost time for me to not see you again for a year. Bye. And I walk out the door and that's it. And we joke about it every year. My doctor doesn't seem all that concerned about it. But this year when COVID hit, I noticed maybe I'm the only one. It was really, really, really hard to get into any doctor. It's almost like pandemic hit and the family doctors booked it for the cottage. There's a lot of them that were only doing Zoom appointments or phone consultations, like actually getting into a doctor to get any sort of screening or preventative shit done seems a little far fetched right now. Are are they even doing that by and large? So I think that you can right now, it's pretty easy to if you really need to get something done, you can. Yeah. So my doctor retired like a month and a half ago. Oh. They're off his phone and said, yeah, your doctor's retiring. And I said, oh, all right. Well, can I book one last appointment? They said, nope, it's effective immediately. Hmm. Immediately? Oh, fuck. So I don't know what's going on. I guess I need a new doctor, to be honest with you. I think so. that they are supposed to give you to somebody else if there's a pra- if it's a practice, unless it's just a doctor by itself. But usually if there's a practice, for example, my husband's doctor, same thing, but her uh, his daughter took over the practice, so she became the doctor. But, uh, yeah, you should probably uh, get on that. You probably have some uh, coughing to do soon. I don't think they do that with your balls anymore. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I know. It's such a – I bet you it's like there's so many taboo-ish things like that that people are afraid of, right? But take care of your health. 
Take care of yourself. You know, as a woman, we got to go for paps every three years. We're supposed to go for paps every three years, uh-huh. right? Just fucking suck it up and do it. And breast exams, everything else, mammograms at a certain age, and I'm not sure what the age is. I think it's 40 for women, if I'm not mistaken, or earlier, if you suspect anything or have it in your family. I believe that's how it goes. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be a baby about it. There, I'll say it. Don't be a baby about it, okay? There's lots of people who go through so many hardcore medical procedures and surgeries on a daily basis that will laugh in your face for not going to something that you should go to. Okay, hear me out on this. Because maybe we can save the taxpayers some money and actually save some lives here at the same time. Why don't they just do like maybe they put it on TVO, a channel that everybody gets for free anyway, or a, a YouTube video that we all have to watch? Why don't they just put out there exactly what you're looking for? And then us with our partners can do routine checks ourselves. If I know, <laughs> oh, OK, this is what uh, a sign of. I don't know. uh, Cervical cancer feels like if I feel that, then I can be like, oh, you should go to the doctor. You're fucked. That's you've said a lot of bizarre things in our 10 years on the radio almost together. That's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard you say. If I'm feeling around on on, on a girl's titties and I feel a lump, then I'm going to be like, oh, red flag. I should let her know. She should go and get a breast exam. I mean, yes. And in a very minuscule way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, I know people who will keep an eye on moles and uh, what you might think are freckles but aren't on their partner's bodies because they have a history of it or whatever. So they'll take a look at it every now and again, just in case anything looks weird or changed. By the way, that takes a very intimate, special relationship, I think. If you're at that stage, good for you. You're very comfortable. Uh, if If you're examining the breast for that reason, I truly doubt you are, but okay. And there's nothing wrong with it, for sure. And I think that your partner knows you best. But it doesn't. You are not a doctor. And no, also, no, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm a doctor. I'm just saying that, like, maybe we can all help each other out with the preventative screening. Yeah, okay, but just easy with the cervix. Anytime you talk about the cervix, I don't fucking you don't know shit. Okay, no. But I will say that there is definitely something to that because you see your partner all the time. But hear me out here. I think that we have a tendency to not listen to our partner that much. Oh, you're over. Yeah. You know, like you're over exaggerating about this or no, it's not a big deal. Right. Don't we kind of brush them off? Whereas it comes from an expert or someone who knows it, not in your family or your spouse. You're going to listen to them. We always assume the worst when it comes to the people closest to us. Like, oh, they don't fucking know. It's fine. No, it's okay. Everything's fine. You need that third party with a medical degree, hopefully, to tell you, yes, this is something you should do, or no, this isn't something. But yeah, I mean, to a small extent, Scott, absolutely. To a, like, yeah, if you feel something, say. If you feel something, say something. Should we go with that? <laughs> if you feel something, say something. Absolutely. It's just thank that you. Your partner probably will brush you off and be like, "Oh, fuck off." Uh, two points I'd like to make. Number one, I did hear you out and you did not hear me out because I was going to suggest that maybe you should try a prostate exam this weekend. Why don't you just try it? And if you see any red flags, then your husband knows. Boom. Doctor. I wouldn't know what to feel for. There's a lot. But that's of- why we need the YouTube video or put it on TVO. <laughs> no, no. This is not what I signed up for. And I'm not getting paid well enough for that. OK, <laughs> no. This <laughs> your relationship ain't paying you those kind of bucks to touch balls. You know what I'm saying? You leave uh-huh. it for the pros.
You could check for the hernia. Just uh, hold his balls <laughs> and and tell him to cough, cat. You know, I think you're discounting this idea way too quickly. And over, spread them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kids today, when they do go outside, get bored after just 30 minutes. And I'm reading this story here thinking to myself, fuck, when I was younger, I would go out right after breakfast. I would play for hours. I'd come home, have something to eat, and then I'd be gone again until dinner. And then after dinner, I'd be gone again until the streetlights came on. And then I knew if I don't get my ass home in like five, ten minutes because the streetlights just came on. I'm going to yeah. get the wooden spoon. And by the way, that dinner break that you just spoke of real quick, did you not devour it because you knew your buddies were all outside? Because you never had the same dinner time as your friends. So you yeah. would scarf it down so fast. Mom, right. mom, 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 okay, mom, I'm done. Can I go back out? That's exactly what it was like. I would get on my bike and literally ride it for hours. Mm -hmm. If I had an Apple Watch back then, it would probably explode from all the calories I was burning from doing all that physical fitness. But kids today, cut from a different cloth. According to a new poll, the average parent thinks their child could only keep themselves entertained outside for 32 minutes before they got bored. And the number one reason technology they say young people don't find outdoors entertaining like we used to they enjoy things like video games cell phones tablets and computers Uh, not to mention the tv itself 72 percent of parents admit their family as a whole doesn't go outside enough even though 63 percent of kids say they're happier playing outside I don't know if that's true. I mean, overall, people's attention spans are a lot less than what they used to be. And I don't just mean kids. I mean adults as well. What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? No, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, just text right. it to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just text it to me later. I'll read it later. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. That makes me sad. I mean, it does make me sad. And I, I don't know. I uh, I'm raising little ones, so I know it's totally different than if you're raising uh, a, a preteen or a teenager. Maybe it does get more difficult. Like right now, oh, fuck, they'll play outside in the, at the water table and in the sprinkler for fucking hours. You can't, you can't convince them to come in without it being a crying, terrible scene. But once you get older, I mean, if you have those tablets as an option and you know your friends are there too, right? And I think that's the big difference is back. I mean, you said it back in the day, back in the day, here we go. We're sounding old time for our colonoscopies. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Scott, back in the day, that was your lifeline to your friends. That was it. You hopped on your bike and you went there, right? That's mm-hmm. what you did. And you knew that your neighbors were all hanging out or your friends were all hanging out based on the bikes and the skateboards or whatever was parked in front or that's all you had road hockey soccer we we all did it all yeah you knew where to go and that was your socialization now you know if your friends are far away you're not going to bother trying to bike to their house you're just gonna like whip out your phone or your tablet and that's where you want to talk to them or you want to play a game with them online so you might be more likely to do that uh, based on the fact that the kids don't do that as much i love to hear when neighborhoods do that though i love to hear because there are a lot of neighborhoods that are still like that that will still you know maybe they had to force their kids to go out in the beginning like go make some friends on the street 
But I, it makes me sad to know that there are more and more kids that find it that find it boring, or or parents that having a tough time keeping them out. That's that's not good. Yeah, I mean, now it's all group chats and TikToks, but back in the day, how many times did you have to ride by all your different friends' houses on your bike to see which lawn had all the bikes laying on them so you knew where everybody was? And yet we managed to make it work. We could communicate in person effectively. It was great. I didn't need to send out a group text to see whose house everybody was hanging out at. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. Although in hindsight, my mom used to hate it, I think. At the time, I never realized it. But when I used to show up and say, hey, it's lunchtime. Can Tom and Mike and Dave and Steve and everybody else stay for lunch? And she's like, oh, fuck me. I got to make lunch for 12 people now. <laughs> yeah. Just because we happen to be playing road hockey in front of my house that day right. instead of in front of somebody else's. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Um. Let's talk a little bit here about what happened over the Victoria Day long weekend. America, I know you are getting ready for the Memorial Day weekend. And by the way, for our American listeners, you guys do Memorial Day kind of weird. I do a lot of voiceovers for American clients, and I've done a lot of fucking mattress sales and car dealer sales and stuff that are happening this weekend. In Canada, we have Remembrance Day, and it's a very somber day. Memorial Day in America seems to be like a full-blown fucking party and giant sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, more about saving money on on uh, fucking bikes, TVs, mattresses. You're absolutely right. Take your pick. And and it's similar to you, same thing. And this is when they all ramp them up. And, of course, they're they're a lot more open over there. I don't know if you've noticed. So, really, the memorial, you know, parties and everybody coming on in, it is quite different than here in Canada. You're right. Well, America, we're sorry, but Canada fucked it right up for everybody this past weekend when we celebrated Victoria Day because we went through a lot of fireworks. Now, some are pointing to a summer shortage of fireworks that won't necessarily impact Memorial Day this coming weekend, but it will impact Canada Day on July 1st and the 4th of July Mm -hmm. on the 4th, Independence Day in America. They say it's partially because of the pandemic. We're also waiting on shipments from firework on fireworks from China. And overall, they're not making as many as they used to. So there may be a shortage and nobody is happier about this news than your dog. This weekend was obnoxious, right? Like I've never seen that many complaints on social media about people being obnoxious with, with fireworks. And I think, you know, what we can blame here. Our restrictions because we couldn't do what we usually do. I, when I say we, I, I actually, I'm not a massive fan of fireworks myself, even though my neighbor set it off. They did the polite thing and they asked me to, uh, in advance and that was fine with me. It was fun. But there are people who will gather for them. I think we all know this. Yep. And here, I mean, specifically in Ontario, and I think most of the provinces as well, uh, were under strict orders not to do that and gather in one spot. Because usually you'd have a park or a couple of different spots to bring your family and meet with your friends and watch these fireworks. So it's one spot. You know what's happening. Everyone who lives in that area should know what's happening. Aside from that, you might get like a neighbor here and a person over there setting off the random one but because of the because we're in a lockdown that was one of the things that we were told to do advise not to do in any other day but this day or maybe two days i forget what it was here but 
So many people. You're absolutely right. And and didn't listen to those rules either. I mean, setting them off on the Friday night and the Saturday night and the Sunday night and the Monday night too. Why the fuck not? So they obviously bought copious amounts of fireworks because they figure, well, what else are we going to do? Let's camp in the backyard and set off fireworks. That's what it seems to That's what everybody who buys fireworks sounds like. No. Uh, that's, that's to me. <laughs> I don't know why everybody's got to sound like this. You know, it's the dad. You know the dad. Get a, grab a bucket of sand, son. We're going to light up some fireworks. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's probably why, at least I assume so, because I would have loved, I would have loved if we had the option, it would have been a lot better for everybody to do the fireworks and have everybody gather, to have a drone show and have everyone gather and watch in their cars, for example. I mean, limited time and limited budget to do things like that. I get it. But I truly do think that the lockdown, at least where we live in the GTA and surrounding areas, it did seem especially brutal and I think that's why, just lack of other things to do. Well, we did go off in southern Ontario this past weekend to the point where I'm pretty sure there's going to be new rules coming in about fireworks and long weekends. It wouldn't surprise me at all because people were firing them from condo to condo, throwing uh, Roman candles, firing them at each other. It was fucked up and it was going for four days straight. So I'm fully expecting that they're going to regulate this a little bit more going forward. Uh, I can tell you, though, that there is going to be a fairly substantial firework shortage this year. And I'm fine with it. You're right about those drones. That technology is so good that it actually looks just as good as fireworks. Without the noise, without the mess, without the danger, it's just a fun show. If you get a chance to watch them, you should. Or watch the, um, what was it? It was the acceptance speech that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris gave after they won the presidential election. They did a drone show for that. That gives you an idea of how good these drones are compared to fireworks. Uh, A couple more things I want to mention here. Actually, this is going to be the last one, but we'll spend a bit of time on it. It's this guy. (laughs) He's being talked about on TikTok because of the waitress that served him over the weekend. So this guy goes out with a girl. And he dropped a lot of money. He ordered everything, tons of apps. They had entrees. They had drinks. Sizable bill for two people, $289. Oh, decent. Okay. So this guy, Joe Shooter. Look at me. I'm the man. Let's go. <laughs> I will spare no expense on this date, my lady. And then after you drop 289 on dinner, you got to leave a good tip. Otherwise, you look like an asshole. So the guy tipped 100 bucks. That's about 35%. Very generous tip. I would think the, the uh, waitress who served them was pretty happy with getting a $100 tip on a $289 bill. So the guy and the girl left. Not long after that, he came back into the restaurant alone. He grabbed his server and said, hey, that $100 tip I left you, cut it down to 20 bucks. That's about 7%, in case you're wondering. Dude. And apparently, he was a real fucker about it, too. Like, he threatened them. He's like, either you take that $100 tip and knock it down to a $20 tip, or I'm going to charge back the entire bill to Visa. Like, what a prick. Oh, awful. Just awful. So the server is like, hands are tied here. She doesn't want to cause a scene, and... What are you going to do? The guy wants his money back. He's threatening to walk out on the entire bill. So she refunded him his money. 80 bucks right back to him on his card. So the guy left and the server was thinking, 
that fucking asshole just used me. He used me mm-hmm. and underpaid for my service as a server to impress some girl. And, not and even it wasn't un- even authentic. Yes, and not even underpay. I mean, to underpay is one thing. It happens to servers all the time, and it sucks, and it's no fun. But this was a blatant, let me take back what I pretended to give you now. What is that saying? I mean, it's, what a fucking dick. Well, this is where it takes a turn, and I'm not sure if this server crossed a line here. Like, I'm really kind of struggling with this one. The server followed this guy out to his car, went and tapped on the window, and in front of his date said, Sir, if you want to reduce your tip from $100 to just $20, you have to sign a new receipt. She said the date was stunned. And all the guy would do is just glare at her Mm. the whole fucking time. Took the pen, signed the receipt, threw it back at her, and took off. (laughs) So what was that conversation like on the car ride between the guy and his date? First of all, that date, she stayed in the car. Like, I'm... I know your mind's probably swirling at that point if you're her, okay? So you're sitting in the passenger seat. Let's set this up. You're sitting in the passenger seat. He claims whatever. Yes, he went in because he forgot something, blah, blah. All of a sudden, he comes out right behind him as the waitress that served you and openly tells you that he was a big, cheap motherfucker and lied to you, basically, trying to pretend he's a big guy. So you still sit there and you take it? Because, I mean, some people, I think, would have been like, fuck this, I'm out, and, like, left. So obviously there was enough for her, or at least she just needed a ride home and didn't want to spend money on an Uber. I mean, maybe that's it too. I don't know. But so she stays in the car. What happens next, Scott? Uh, 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 Do you question it out loud or do you just know in the back of your mind? I think for me, I would know this guy is a bit of a slug because he tried to make himself look a certain way. He didn't. The What he did to that waitress is not okay. And how you treat a waitress is everything. And waiter at servers, generally speaking, that tells you everything. So the fact that he did that and had no problem going back in and asking for his money back, even though to me that was already given to the server, but all right, that tells you everything you need to know. So in that moment, I would know this is not happening, but maybe I keep it quietly to myself, ask to go home. If they were going to continue the date elsewhere, I'd say, you know what? I'm just going to go home. Maybe we'll catch up another time and never see that fucking guy again. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's so diabolical. This was premeditated. Like he went in there with the intention of giving off the impression that he's some sort of a shooter, even though he had no intention of paying paying that off. And I just I I don't know if she would even want to go on another date with this guy. I I just you're absolutely right about the way you treat servers is a major reflection on you. I believe that. And for this guy to just walk in and be like, yeah, yeah, fuck you. I gave you 100. Yeah, I just wanted to look good. Give me back 80. Is such a shitty thing to do, especially for the server. I mean, a $289 bill required a lot of attention. That server had to focus on that table for two quite a bit to get a $289 bill. Mm-hmm. And she got 20 bucks for it? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. yeah. So this guy is a piece of shit. Is it possible, though, that the server crossed the line by injecting herself into this guy's relationship? Is it enough that she's like, well, you know what? I got screwed over. Lesson learned. 
if I see that guy again, I'm not even going to take the table. I'll tell other servers, watch out for this guy. Yeah. Would, would that have been enough? Or did she cross a line by inserting herself into that relationship? Well, truth be told, she could have, she possibly could have gotten in trouble from management. If let's say she's not also manager of that restaurant. Okay. That's the truth is that she could have for doing that. Um, because you're, you're supposed to just, I mean, quote unquote, the customer's always right, even though they're not, we all know that, but that's, that's kind of the mentality of it. And you treat them well, even if they're dicks to you, you do your best, you smile, you get through it. That's kind of part of the job, but to an extent, to an extent for me, you can get away with that. But this guy, I don't, I applaud the waitress. In fact, not only do I not blame her for it, I applaud her for it because not only did she do that stuck up for herself, she also did run a risk of, of potentially getting fired or at least written up by the restaurant who probably, you know, if it was a chain, let's say, they would not have liked that for sure. They don't like that at yeah. all. If this is a family-run business, maybe a little bit different. You probably have a little bit of wiggle room there and they'll let it slide because a lot of them have been in your position. Okay, so there's a little inside info for you. But the people who risk it, I mean, good for you because you make a statement. And I'll give you one example of something that happened once when I was working in uh, as a server. And if I'm not mistaken, the, the server that was working at the time many years ago, he's a listener. And I don't know if he listens to the podcast. You know who you are if you do, but he listens to our radio show almost every morning. So once cheap-ass motherfucking table, big, big bill, big bill, and left nickels, dimes, and pennies. Not even Stop. a lot of them, Scott. Yeah, not even a lot. Like, just basically the change that they had in their pocket, maybe that amounted to, like, 45 cents, okay? So it was that bad, which is fucking rude right and so rude and, and i know this guy he was and he was one of the best servers that we had at the time so you knew that it was a it was a customer problem not a server problem so as i'm clean and at the time i was cleaning tables I was, I was a hostess so i was cleaning tables and seating people that's it and i was like is this it is this the tip he's like those motherfuckers because he just had a feeling he had a vibe and he was doing everything right and he was trying to be friendly but he's like i have a fucking feeling about these guys he took the money he walked out the door. They were at the door, like just kind of lingering around the door, about to leave. He stopped them and he said, oh, you forgot this. Just so they could come face to face with him. And he handed them the money. And they said, oh, we left this for you. He goes, you clearly need this way more than I do. And he walked away. And I'll never forget that. I was like, I was giving him a standing ovation because he could have. This was a chain. He could have got fired instantly for doing something like that to a customer but i don't care because i think that you need to be a good decent human in this world and that's what matters most and these people were just being assholes and apparently being assholes the entire time while he was serving them and doing his very best so i mean thankfully the waitress i hope didn't face any repercussions from this story that you're telling us scott but just why wouldn't you do why wouldn't you just give the tip that you want to give from the beginning anyway, if it's a, it, it was decent enough that the waitress wouldn't have said anything, right? Like, right. it wasn't pennies, nickels, and dimes. So she's going to be upset. She's not going to like that, and she'll probably have to pay out money. You probably actually cost her money to do her job that, that day, at least on that table. So that sucks. But, at, you know, at least she stood up for herself, and I can really appreciate that. Um. I know that there's a decent number of people out there who will travel for work. And in a lot of cases, work will give you uh, a certain amount of money that you can spend every day, like a a per diem that you're allowed to use for meals and things like that. There's a lot of companies that when they reimburse an employee who's on the road will not reimburse for the tip. They'll only reimburse for the meal. 
some of them won't reimburse for alcohol. Some of them won't reimburse a tip, that sort of thing. So I think that there's some people out there who feel that uh, that work excursion shouldn't cost them any money out of pocket. And if they're not getting reimbursed for it, they're not paying the server for it. And if you're the person who thinks like that, get the fuck out of here. Don't even go out for dinner. Order takeout. Even on takeout, you should be tipping. Mm -hmm. Shit. But if you're that person who goes out and thinks to yourself, well, I'm not getting anything for it, so I'm not giving the server anything for it. You're in the wrong there. Always tip the server. And you know what? You should tip well. You should always try and tip well. 15%, that's history. 20 is the benchmark. You should aim for 20. 15 at an absolute minimum. And if you're one of those people who likes to throw out that excuse, they get paid. Tips are just bonus. It's not. It's part of their salary, basically. They work their butts off to try and earn more than the server minimum wage. And part of that, part of the reason they get a server minimum wage is because they do make tips. So if you don't tip them for any other reason other than you're just fucking cheap, you are in the wrong. Always tip the server. Thank you, Scott. Well and said. stop being an asshole. Well, Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> if you were a server, you would want to get you tipped. Know. Yeah. So I, stop being an asshole. These people, these people, look, I'm saying these people, but I mean, we run into them occasionally anywhere. They could be anywhere. I mean, we've heard so many stories, especially um, during uh, non-essential uh, items not being able to be sold, for example, and people screaming at, at people working at Walmart. Like, it's their fucking job. Who are these people that are screaming? Do you have any common decency? It is clearly, what are they, Miss Walmart? Do you think that they fucking created the rules? Like, leave them alone. And they're just trying to do their job. Be a decent human being. And if you don't understand what that means, maybe take the time to walk a mile in someone else's shoes for a fucking second so that you can be a better human yourself. Um, You know, I don't want to create even more work for this server who got screwed over that sh- thought she was getting a $100 tip on a $289 bill. And then it turned out to be 20. But just to wrap up this edition of the podcast and really bring it full circle, I think what she could have done is she could have elected to, I don't know, maybe put on some high heel shoes and give him with her foot that prostate exam that we talked about earlier. (laughs) Just give him a great big kick in the ass. Here you go, fucker. By the way, you should get a prostate exam. I especially (laughs) like how you added the. And you know what? We're adding this to the prostate exam exam. That's what it's going to feel like. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's more effective when I use my foot. Watch yeah, this. Yeah, no, fuck. trust me. Trust me. No, I need these pliers. No, these pliers actually help a lot. Watch. <laughs> this is how we check for a hernia. I use my vice grips and I hold one yes! of your testicles. And I squeeze a little harder for every dollar that you just cheated me out of. Bastard. That's it for today, everybody. Happy Hump Day. Enjoy your day, and we will catch you right back here tomorrow with another edition of After 9. Half of all adults in the U.S. are now fully vaccinated. That's right. Half of America is vaccinated, while the other half uses Facebook. (laughs) United Airlines is offering its vaccinated customers the chance to win a year of free travel. That's right. United's first prize is a year of free travel, while the second prize is two years. Uh, Sales of grooming products have gone up. Deodorant, condoms, and teeth whitener are suddenly in high demand. Did people not know we could still see their teeth on Zoom calls? I don't know, but 
alarm clock sales doubled in April. Last year, I mean, we didn't need alarm clocks. Last year, our alarm clocks were waking up to a message from Netflix making sure we're still alive. Get this in Georgia. Officials are asking residents to stop calling 911 about cicadas. Stop it. Which backfired immediately when a bunch of cicadas robbed a 7-Eleven. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.